We welcome you to this edition of Your Health New Hampshire. Your Health New Hampshire is presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And today we're going to give you some flu information and hopefully prevention here on the program. And uh, joining us in studio, Carly Hughes. Carly is the program coordinator at uh, Southern New Hampshire AHEC. And Michelle Slavkowski. She is the executive, uh, executive director of Families Fighting Flu. And uh, Michelle, welcome. You haven't been with us before. Great to have you with us. No, nope, my first time. Thank you for having me. And I have uh, Jeb, Dr. Jeb Teichman joining me, who is also one of Families Fighting Flu's board of directors, and he has a personal story because that's what we're known for, some flu stories. And Jeb had lost his uh, 29-year-old son to influenza in 2019, so he's here to join us from a medical background and um, a personal story to share. Joining us from uh, Louisville, Kentucky today, home of the Kentucky Derby. Great to have you with us, Dr. Jeb. Great to be here. Thank you for having me, Ken. Hey, Jeb, how are you doing? Uh, doing good. Doing good. We finally got a little rain around here last night. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> that's, that's great. Jeb, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit to the audience? Sure. Um, I'm a pediatrician by trade. Um, and when the third generation started showing up in my office about 10 years ago, I decided it was time to, to go do something different, and I made the move to uh, work in managed care full-time. I retired about two years ago as the chief medical officer for United Healthcare's Kentucky Medicaid plan. And, and Jeb, you, you joined Families Fighting Flu um, in 2020 and currently became a active board member with us, which we're so excited about, but, uh, you know, I'm going to give a little bit of history, too, as to Families Fighting Flu. Um, Families Fighting Flu was founded in 2004 by a group of parents who had one common um, denominator, and that was a group of parents who lost their young child to influenza. All of their children were under the age of five, and back then, recommendations were not for that age group to receive an annual flu vaccine. These parents came together because they wanted to build a legacy. They didn't want to see others go through what they went through when there was a preventative vaccine that could have helped their child come through the flu versus end up with um, the situation of losing a child. So since 2004, Families Fighting Flu has worked very hard to bring families together and to bring education and awareness to all communities as to the importance of an annual flu vaccine and how serious the flu can be. And through our efforts, almost 20 years later, we've helped to change those recommendations that the CDC's ACIP committee now refers to everyone six months and older receiving an annual flu vaccine. And so we continue to build our message, we continue to drive education, and we continue to work with advocates and communities to help everyone understand through our storytelling and through our ability to help others understand where there's access and where they can get good health care to get an annual flu vaccine and to reduce hospitalizations and unfortunate deaths due to a preventable disease. So things have certainly improved over that 20-year period. 
they have improved, but we would love them to improve even mm-hmm. more. Sure. Uh, absolutely so. So, uh, Dr. Jeb, uh, you joined uh, the organization when? In 2020, a little over a year after my son passed away. Mm. Yeah, and uh, what progress has been made since that time? We, we, we've made progress in immunizations, and of course, since that time, well, actually, when I joined, we were in the middle of a pandemic, um, mm. and focus during respiratory season shifted to to uh, SARS-CoV-2, or, or, or what a lot of people know as COVID. Uh, we have a long ways to go. Um, our immunization rates yearly for, um, for influenza hover around 50 to 60%, um, and we need to get that much higher, particularly for those folks who are at high risk. What uh, do we know uh, percentage-wise? What what percent of the population uh, gets the the flu shot? Like I said, about fifty to sixty percent. It varies. Um, I think this past year, uh, I, I was I'm preparing a talk for uh, for some Kentucky providers, and statistics in Kentucky were only about fifty forty eight per point six percent vaccination, um, and that puts Kentucky. Um, uh, in the uh, in the upper upper twenty fifth twenty fifth percentile around the country, actually New Hampshire's rates are are much better. Um, they do pretty good compared to the other states nationally. But again, we don't get everybody who needs it. Um, and some folks like my son had it on, have it on their to do list, but just kind of don't get around to it. Yeah, and and how you know it's it's how do you get the the, the I, I know the word is out there Every, everybody you know you see signs everywhere flu shots available and and what have you but uh, how how does your organization help to get the word out and encourage people to to get that all important flu shot? You know we do that through messaging um, with reliable and trustworthy advocates in communities, families fighting flu is also known as the face of flu. It's stories like Jeb's that helps us to deliver the message and share information about how serious the flu can be. It's our stories that people are known for. For example, there were 176 pediatric flu deaths this past flu season. That doesn't include the number of hospitalizations that occurred. We have a story of a young seven-year-old who got the flu in December of 2022, this flu season. As a result of the flu, he did survive, but he was hospitalized, and as a result of flu, he had to have both of his legs amputated. Mm. These are the things we want to try to avoid, hospitalizations and deaths, and by telling these stories, it helps. And um, Brent's story, Jeb's son's story, is one of the most powerful stories that we have as well because he was 29, he was healthy, and I can't relay the story as well as Jeb can, but it's powerful and these messages help us to elevate the importance of everyone getting that annual flu vaccine, not just to protect themselves, but also to protect the community around them and their loved ones. We need to take better care of taking care of ourselves in order to protect others, especially those that have chronic conditions or are of a higher risk. From the, from knowing Michelle and kind of talking through some of this, I it, it brings a lot to light. We have children who are the same age, and we have some flu hesitancy in my house, and she's helped us work through that. And the, the organization is doing great work. Thank you. And, and post COVID, we look at 
the communities around us are talking differently about vaccines. Children are talking differently about vaccines. Adults are talking differently about vaccines. And, you know, pre-COVID, you didn't have dinner with your children and talk about vaccines or death or, you know, these, these diseases like flu or COVID or RSV. Um, you, you didn't have those conversations. Today, kids are learning, they are seeing, they are feeling, and they are part of this. And therefore, our organization has always educated parents, caregivers, healthcare providers, the whole community. But we've also started focusing on educating those youth and young adults in order to help them understand and to be able to have reliable information so that they can continue to make better choices for themselves as they get older. And they influence, they become the influencer. And they help us, Families Fighting Flu, and our families who want to get more people to protect themselves in their communities to do that. And so we, we pilot programs with our junior board in high schools, colleges, to help address educating that youth and young adult. We also work with like-minded organizations and partners in communities who are the trustworthy messengers, whether they're in a, um, the YMCA or a, um, a, a um, religious community where they're wanting to educate their, their population or their in, the individuals in their area because it's so important that we help to change that perception. Something that Families Fighting Flu has also done in the last two years, more so in our messaging, is to explain that it's not, the best prevention is to vaccinate, but you also have to take symptoms seriously and get tested so you can get an appropriate treatment. We have a lot of illnesses out there that have overlapping symptoms, and in order for us to keep our communities healthy and our loved ones healthy, we need to not just vaccinate, but we need to take those symptoms seriously so that we can get the right prescription prescribed by a healthcare professional so that we can continue to also stay healthy and, and protect others around us and our loved ones, most importantly. Jeb, have anything to add to that? Yeah, I want to emphasize that that as we come into this respiratory season, uh, we're about to experience what we called last year a triple-demic, um, RSV, COVID, and influenza. Um, the, we, the CDC uses data from the Southern Hemisphere whose seasons are opposite of ours to predict what's going to happen for our flu season, and indications are that at least in some countries in the Southern Hemisphere, that it's been a rough season, uh, particularly Australia um, has had um, a rough season with pediatric hospitalizations and deaths due to influenza. Uh, and it's not because they're experiencing a, a strain of flu that, that is, that is more, uh, that is, that is, that, that is more uh, infectious or, or causes some more severe disease. It's because of, under vaccination in the pediatric population. So we need to get the word out that this is what we're expecting. And that, that as far as flu, COVID, and RSV, we have vaccinations that will prevent all of those. We have, a new co we have a new RSV vaccine that's been approved for adults, and this week it was just approved for pregnant folks. And a new, um, a new vaccine for pediatric patients 
who are under two years of age with special conditions and all infants who are under eight months of age. Uh, the vaccines are, they are out there, particularly flu, as you mentioned, Ken, that there are, you see it everywhere, free flu shots. Uh, access is not an issue. Um, and, and now is the time, but I want to emphasize that it's really never too late until the season is over in April or May to get back. That is Dr. Jeb Teichman, and he is joining us today from Louisville, Kentucky, on this edition of Your Health, New Hampshire. And today we are focusing on flu information and hopefully prevention on this edition of Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. We'll take a break and be right back here on WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Your Health, New Hampshire, here on WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. It's presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This program focuses on wellness and health education. And today, as we approach the height of flu season, we're giving out some helpful flu information and hopefully steps to prevent uh, flu. And uh, with us in studio, we have Michelle Slavkowski, and Michelle is the executive director for uh, Families Fighting Flu. Also, uh, Carly Hughes in studio, program coordinator at Southern New Hampshire AHEC, and uh, joining us on the phone from uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Kentucky, is Dr. Jeb Teichman, and uh, Dr. Jeb, I, I know you have uh, a story to tell uh, about uh, the, the loss uh, of your son to influenza. I know it's, I'm sure, difficult to, to talk about, but uh, what, uh, what, would you like to, uh, what would you like to say uh, to inform uh, our listeners about uh, you know, how you entered uh, you know, this, this association, Families Fighting Flu, and and, uh, and your son's story. Thanks, Ken. Um, I- I've joined with Families Fighting Flu to tell my son's story in the hopes that when people hear it, it might change some minds about, about getting vaccinated and, and maybe save some lives. That's my son's legacy. Uh, on November 2nd, 2019, just before midnight, we were 650 miles from home when I got the call that no parent wants to receive. Brent's cousin Jake was calling us to tell us that he couldn't wake Brent up. I'm telling this story today to put a face on influenza, that of my son Brent, who we lost to its complications. But before I do, please let me indulge and tell you a little bit about him. Brent was a wonderful son, brother, uncle, and friend who had a passion for everything he did, and that included his passion for the, for the culinary arts and sports, especially the University of Kentucky teams. Um, we have this little competition in, Louis, in Kentucky between the University of Louisville, where I graduated from, and the University of Kentucky. Um, I didn't dare call Brent a, a day after... UK lost the game. Hmm. He loved music. He was a self-taught musician and leader of his high school garage band. He loved cooking for family, friends, 
and friends. And when we would all gather, he was the chef. He always brought life to the party with his smile, his wit, and his humor. I want to emphasize that Brent had no chronic health conditions that would have made him high risk for complications of influenza. He was a healthy 29-year-old. He first reached out to me three days before his passing to tell me that he'd been ill with ill for three days with fever, cough, sore throat, classic influenza-like illness. It was too late to start antivirals. They must be usually, to be effective, antivirals for influenza have to be started within two days of the start of symptoms. So I gave him advice on symptomatic treatment and told him to stay in touch. We texted the next day and I was happy to hear that he was feeling somewhat better and that his fever was trending down. I heard from him two days after that when he called to tell me that he was having trouble breathing. So I sent him to seek medical te- medical care, and four hours later, I got that call. Jake called 911 after talking to me and performed, and was talked through performing CPR on his best friend and cousin. I can't imagine how traumatic that was for Jake. I called back a few minutes later and asked him to hold up the phone so I could look, listen to EMS working on my son calling for round after round of epinephrine. To this day, when I close my eyes at night, I can hear the beeping of those monitors. The official cause of death was multilobar pneumonia, etiology undetermined. But after 30-plus years as a pediatrician and 20-plus years as a CDC influenza sentinel, I know influenza when I see it. There's a hole in our hearts that we'll never heal. The loss of a child is devastating no matter what the age. And the irony here is that as a pediatrician, I've always been a huge advocate for all vaccinations um, and an early adapter of vaccinations. I always made sure my family got their flu shots every year, sometimes bringing home the nasal vaccine from the office and squirting everybody's noses. But you know, when they're 29 and a young adult, they think they're invincible and you can no longer take them by the hand and guide them to get their flu shot. As I said before, we reminded Brent about getting his flu shot weeks before his passing, and he said he had it on his to-do list, but he just never got around to it. In his obit, we requested that in lieu of flowers or donations, we wanted people to go get their flu shots, and it went viral over the Internet. We were uplifted by family and friends and my former patients posting pictures of them getting their flu vaccine. And we feel that by telling Brent's story, we may have saved another life from falling to our fate. I've joined with Families Fighting Flu so that Brent's legacy will will increase acceptance of flu vaccination. Because as we all know, it's not just the flu. It can take the life of a healthy young adult. And it did. It took my son. The, the, for those providers out there who, who are counseling patients, who are hesitant, who are vaccine hesitant, I encourage them to go to the Families Fighting Flu's website, familiesfightingflu.org, and read the stories and share them with your patients. Stories are, are much more impactful than imparting a bunch of data um, and hopefully can convince folks who are sitting on the fence to get vaxxed and do it, if they won't do it for themselves, do it for those 
who love them. So they won't walk the path that I and all the other families involved with families fighting flu have walked. It's a powerful, powerful story. And uh, there is still, as you well know, Dr. Jeb and, uh, and Carly and Michelle here in the studio, there is still uh, hesitancy among some people uh, to, to get that, that flu vaccine. What, what are some of the, the common trepidations that, that, that uh, people have uh, uh, for not getting a flu shot? Well, for one, they don't take the flu seriously. Uh, there are multiple myths, and, uh, and, and those providers who are listening to me out there, they've heard them all. The, the biggest one is, is that I've encountered it is uh, I, got the flu, I got the flu shot, and it gave me the flu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when we talk about influenza, uh, influenza vaccinations, there's two types. There's a live vaccine and, uh, and an attention. Uh, an inactivated vaccine. That's the shot. The live vaccine is the one that goes in the nose. You can't get the flu from the flu shot because there's nothing live in it. Now, you could have been exposed before you got the shot. Um, the shot takes about two weeks to get to take effect. So that may be that that may be true. You got flu, but you didn't get it from the shot. You were exposed before that. Um, there are a lot of viruses that have the same symptoms as the flu that are an influenza, such as SARS-CoV-2 or COVID, um, but other respiratory viruses that circulate during the winter season that have similar symptoms, and people just assume they got the flu. Um, I, I was the guy that, that went up and down the cubes at the office and trying to shame people into getting their vaccines <laughs> when, the, when, when, the, uh, when the nurses were there vaccinated. And, and the story I give people is, hey, you know, can you afford to lose five days work of work? Because that's what's going to happen when you get the real McCoy. You're going to be down for the count for five days, and you're going to wish you got vaccinated. Sorry about the dead air. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's all right. I, I have a whole list of, of them. Uh, but, I, you know, the flu vaccine is it, it's effective. It's safe. Very few side effects. You know, you may get some soreness in your arm and you may run a little temperature for a day or two after the vaccine. I would always tell people that's a good thing because you know, the vaccine took and now you're, you're going to be protected. Um, but people blame those symptoms on the flu and it, that's just not true. That's just your body's reaction, uh, your body's immune system reacting to the vaccine and, and making you immune. Again, uh, this is uh, Your Health, New Hampshire, here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Uh, we've been hearing uh, from uh, Dr. Jeb Teichman, uh, who lost his son to influenza, uh, did not have a flu shot, and we are certainly encouraging uh, everyone to uh, to get a, a flu shot. FamiliesFightingFlu.org is a terrific website. We have Michelle Slavkowski in studio, the executive director of Families Fighting Flu, along with the Carly Hughes program coordinator at AHEC on this edition of Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. We have to take a break, and uh, we will be uh, right back here on WKXL. 
and nhtalkradio.com. Welcome you back to this edition of Your Health New Hampshire right here on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. We're presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And today we're focusing on the flu and we're hoping to prevent many people from uh, getting the flu uh, thanks to this program here today and uh, other programs that are in operation, including those uh, presented by Families Fighting Flu. Now, their, their website is familiesfightingflu.com. We have uh, Carla Hughes in studio, program coordinator at AHEC, and Michelle Slavkowski. Michelle is the executive director of Families Fighting Flu, and also Dr. Jeb Teichman on the line from Louisville, Kentucky, who lost his son to influenza. Michelle? Thanks, Ken. Um, I think something we want to talk about is now that we've been through this pandemic called COVID pandemic, um, we don't want to ignore the flu. The flu is still existent. The flu is still out there, and the flu is very serious. Families Fighting Flu has a... Um, a way of delivering messages, sharing stories like Jeb's to help remind individuals of how serious the flu can be. And we're in an era right now in a climate where people aren't necessarily hesitant about vaccination, but they're fatigued. Mm -hmm. And this is because of the last several years dealing with the pandemic, we see that people may not be hesitant where they, but they're not making the time to go get an annual flu vaccine. So it's, they're tired, they're, they're not making the time, they're not realizing, they think the flu might not be here any longer. You know, we wore masks, we separated in isolation for several months, years. And now this past flu season, we see that the flu is still here. The flu was early last flu season. We started seeing spikes occur in late September, October, and continue into the first of the part of this year. Now we're in flu season again. Um, you know, the, the flu is here, the flu is dangerous, and it's dangerous for everyone. It's dangerous for those with chronic conditions. If you're diabetic, if you have heart condition, it's, it's a disease that can also cause complications. If you get the flu and you become hospitalized, many of our stories are of healthy individuals, adults, as well as children that were hospitalized um, with no chronic conditions, and now as a result of flu, they have heart disease, they have upper respiratory issues, they have um, had m multitudes of, of trauma since because, and when I say trauma, I'm talking about that the consequences of getting the flu, we have survivors who've had to have amputations because the flu can turn septic. We've had stories of family members who, um, as an adult, they got the flu, they were hospitalized for over 50 days, they ended up in rehabilitation, they're home, but they are of a higher risk. We need everybody to understand that the flu is a high-risk illness that can cause anybody, healthy or otherwise, of all ages. The flu does not discriminate um, it, that it can be dangerous. And um, Jeb can talk even more so about those dangers because he's lived through them as a pediatrician and he's lived through them as a parent. But our goal at, with families, at families Fighting Flu is to share these stories to help individuals understand that you might be hesitant, 
but it's important to make the time. If you're fatigued and it's not hesitation, put it on your calendar. Get that annual flu vaccine. Yes, M- Michelle, what are some of the other um, flu myths or hesitancy reasons that you guys come across? I, well, Jeb had mentioned in the earlier segment, um, the most common is I'll get the flu from the flu vaccine. Yep. There's, there's so many and so many that are very um, scientifically impossible. Jeb, you want to, you, you are, you are the scientific mind here and you hear from people directly all of these different myths. I can talk about them, but I think you have a pulse on it even stronger being that you were the physician, the healthcare provider, changing minds in the office on myths. Yeah, yeah. Like I said before, um, telling stories is, is, is a powerful way to convince those who are on the fence about getting vaccinated. And I, I want to emphasize that the current recommendations for the Center of Disease Control is that everyone six months and older get a flu vaccine every year. Children who haven't had the flu vaccine before will have to have two doses in the same season, but everybody else just needs one. And we mentioned folks with chronic health conditions, um, things like asthma, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and obesity are, are, are at high risk for complications from flu. Uh, children under five are also high risk. And as we all know, individuals over 65 years of age or, or older and pregnant women are also high risk. An influenza infection can trigger a premature birth. But there's also a Benny here that if we get that vaccine in the last trimester, some of that immunity does cross the placenta and will protect the baby for for up to six months after after birth. That's important because we have no treatment and we have no vaccine that we can use for the children under six months, and they are at high risk. As far as as far as the myths. Like we said, the big one is I'll get the flu from the flu vaccine. Some folks, um, uh, uh, some folks with egg allergy have been told they can't get vaccinated. Um, That has changed. And unless you've had a severe anaphylactic or severe allergic reaction, something called anaphylaxis, and and those folks who have the condition know about it. Uh, Egg allergy is no longer a contraindication to getting getting a flu vaccine getting a flu shot. Now, is there any confusion out there of people, I'm sure you've heard this question raised, that if I get a COVID shot, for example, do I still need a flu shot? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And, and all, all three vaccines that are recommended this coming into this respiratory season, flu, RSV vaccine for those 60 and older, and, and the COVID, the new COVID vaccine, and we're calling it a vaccine and not a booster, um, they can all be administered at the same time, not in the same needle. They have to be separate sites, but they can all be administered at the same time. And again, it's never too late during RS, during respiratory season to get your COVID shot and get your uh, get your flu vaccine. We 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 were going to say it simultaneously, Jeb. <laughs> it's never too late, and co-administrations absolutely encouraged. At- and I also want to emphasize that if you have symptoms, fever, sore throat, cough, um, that you get tested and get tested early so that you can have appropriate treatment. Because we have treatment for, for influenza. We have antivirals for, for SARS-CoV-2. But unless you know what you have, 
you can't you you don't get the proper treatment. My son qualified for for uh, there's a criteria that they use in the emergency room called SAR systemic inflammatory reaction syndrome. Um, it's a constellation of symptoms that providers should recognize that that lead that tips you off that that um, that the patient in front of you may be septic, meaning that they have a severe reaction or, or um, possibly bacteria in their blood or a severe immune reaction because kind of our body turning, our immune system turning against ourselves, which we often see in, we, we see occasionally in influenza and, and, and often see with, with, uh, with COVID. Um, it's important for providers to recognize those symptoms and it's important for patients to know when they should seek appropriate care. Brent was having trouble breathing. He needed to see a doctor. If, if you can't catch your breath, you need to go see. You need to go to the emergency room immediately and get the appropriate treatment. We are talking about uh, flu today uh, because we are approaching uh, the height of the flu season, and uh, we would like to uh, prevent as much flu as possible, along with the uh, the great help of uh, families fighting flu. And their website is familiesfightingflu.org. And in studio, we have uh, Michelle Slavkowski. She is the executive director of Families Fighting Flu. Carly Hughes is with us, program coordinator at AHEC. And uh, on the phone, Dr. Jeb Teichman, uh, who lost his son Brent to uh, influenza at the age of uh, 29. We will uh, take a break. The program is Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And we will continue right after these words on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Welcome you back to this edition of Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education, and we are focusing on the flu on today's uh, program as we're reaching the height of the uh, flu season and uh, families fighting flu uh, doing a fabulous uh, job of trying to get the the word out to get that flu shot you can get more information at familiesfightingflu.org in studio today we have carly hughes program coordinator at southern new hampshire ahec on the phone, we have Dr. Jeb Teichman, and uh, Dr. Jeb uh, lost his uh, 29-year-old son, Brent, to influenza. And uh, with us, the executive director of Families Fighting Flu, Michelle Slavkowski. And Michelle, how are we uh, trending uh, in New Hampshire and uh, throughout the country as far as uh, people getting the uh, all-important flu shot? Well, I will, I will share with you, Ken, that rates have been low for most individuals across the country getting annual flu vaccines. And currently, the CDC is estimating 27 to 54 million flu illnesses will occur, 300,000 300, to 650,000 hospitalizations occur, and there's going to be upwards towards 26 million medical visits related to influenza this upcoming flu season. But most importantly, what we want to emphasize is there's upwards towards 58,000 flu deaths annually. Mm. And 
that's one too many. And when we look at pediatric mortality rates, last flu season, there was 176 children who passed from influenza. Majority, typically it's 80% are not vaccinated. And, you know, if they had been vaccinated, that's more lives saved. And that's our mission here at Families Fighting Flu is to save lives and reduce these hospitalizations and bring knowledge to everyone that the flu is a very serious disease and an annual vaccine is the best prevention. But more importantly, taking symptoms seriously also helps to reduce those hospitalization rates. Because if you're diagnosed early within that 48 hour window, there's antivirals that can help you get back on your feet faster. And also it won't be too late to get vaccinated. You know, you can receive an annual flu vaccine throughout the entire flu season. And the flu season typically runs October through April. It's quite a stretch of time. And uh, you have plenty of time to get it between now and then. And the sooner, the better. The sooner, the better. And, Ken, I just want to emphasize, last year we started seeing flu cases in September, reports of flu Mm -hmm. virus escalating across the country. And we were still seeing flu cases reported into July of this past summer. So the flu is here, and it comes fast and furious when it does start. Um, Jeb experiences that. It's already started. The the CDC has reported positives in several states. Um, We were talking about vaccine rates, and New Hampshire actually ranks number four compared to the other states in in their influenza the number of adults who receive influenza vaccine, but the rate is only 53.3%. We have a long ways to go. So even here in New Hampshire, we could do a lot better. better. We could do a lot better. Um, Last year, as Michelle said, was a particularly rough year because we had, we had RSV and, um, and COVID also peaking during at the same time, overwhelming our hospitals. So, you know, if, when when the hospital is full and there's no place, there are no available beds, it becomes so much more important that folks get vaxxed because they may not be able to access care when they're severely ill. They may have to go far from home to find a bed or to find the necessary faci- uh, facility that can treat whatever particular complication they're having. So it's important to get vaxxed actually to save our healthcare workers for going through another COVID, another COVID-like season that we had during the pandemic. Is there some confusion out there now if people uh, have or had COVID uh, that they will not get the flu? I mean, is that, uh, is that a myth as well? That is a myth. Yeah. Absolutely a myth. Two different viruses. Yes. Totally. Yeah. You can get them both at the same time in some cases. That does not sound like fun. No, that, that, you know, and that, that actually there there are a number of the deaths. I think in Kentucky, six of the of the 133 deaths that occurred in Kentucky, six of them had co-infection of both vac- both um, SARS-CoV-2 and influenza. It and happens, and and we have mentioned RSV, and uh, what what does RSV stand for? We've been mentioning that uh, that acronym during the show, but I'm sure there are some out there who don't know what it is. It stands for respiratory syncytial virus. Anybody who's had a child who's been sick during respiratory season, uh, an infant, uh, is likely encountered this. And as a pediatrician, it was the bane of our existence. 
um, it, 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 was, it used to be, or still is, number one cause for hospitalization uh, in children under two years of age. Um, it, it's a, a, a respiratory virus that causes runny nose, uh, cough, and, and wheezing, asthma-like symptoms, um, and, as well as a low-grade fever. If the younger you are, the more severe the illness can be. It, it, it's a huge problem for infants who are under 30 days of age because for some reason they actually stop breathing and, and need to be placed on a ventilator. So we now have a vaccine for that uh, in the pediatric age group. And, I, and here's something I had to learn. Um, I, I had no idea how severe the illness is in in, el- in older folks or uh, over 60 years of age who have have any kind of respiratory chronic condition um, or diabetes or obesity, same high-risk conditions that we see for influenza, they're high-risk for, for hospitalization from RSV and, 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 and bad outcomes from that, too. So um, it, it, it circulates around the same time. It, we see in influenza, uh, we see with, res- we're now calling it, we used to call it flu season, we now call it respiratory virus season because we have three different viruses mm. that circulate during this time that have very similar symptoms. So um, important, again, if, if you're ill, know the symptoms, uh, get tested, get, get and seek treatment early in the course of your illness. Now we have no treatment for RSV at this time. So the best cause of act, best cause of action if you're at high risk for it, for complications from RSV is to get vaccinated if you're an adult and uh, and actually the vaccines being recommended for all children who are under 8 months of age wow. at the start of RSV season and and adults over the age of 60 there's an adults over the age of 60 with what what the CDC calls shared decision making which means it's a discussion you need to have with your provider so there's, uh, you can have a, a variety of shots, and uh, you, <laughs> you, you, you can get more than one at a time, as we we found out. And, and absolutely. And and I recently had uh, a pneumonia shot. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Pneumonia shot. Yep. Yeah. And, and we we now have a new pneumonia shot. Uh, the algorithm of who gets that when you've had all when you've had another uh, a different pneumonia shot um, is it gets a little complex, and it, you need to see. See, uh, ask your healthcare provider whether you get this new shot. It's called Prevnar 20. It has 20 strains of, pneumo- of the pneumococcus bacteria that causes uh, pneumonia, in, among other things, in adults. And I think on that note, what people don't realize is you. everybody knows there's the childhood immunization schedule. Well, there's an adult immunization schedule, too, mm-hmm. that not many are aware of, that we need to also put out there and people should take better care of their health over the age of 19, especially over the age of 60. One in four adults lack one of the recommended vaccines for their age. Well, we hope that uh, we have given out some terrific information uh, today here on the, on the program. And uh, Dr. Jeb, we want to thank you very much uh, for joining us and uh, giving us uh, your perspective and, and insight, and uh, certainly our, our condolences uh, to you, but uh, you're, you're now sounding the alarm, which, uh, which is very helpful to a lot of people. Thank you, Ken, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share 
my story. It is it, it is our pleasure. And uh, we want to thank you, Michelle, as well, uh, the executive director of Families Fighting Flu and FamiliesFightingFlu.org, terrific website. And, Jody, I know you wanted to mention a little bit about uh, the uh, the programs at, uh, at AHEC. Yes, I'm Carly. Um, uh, what did I say? <laughs> Jody. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry, Carly. Uh, yes, I want to talk about our... Chronic disease self-management programs, thinking about how these viruses affect people with chronic diseases. Um, I want to point out that getting some of that under control and working towards a healthier lifestyle can be really helpful. So we have our chronic disease self-management program that we have classes coming up. You can visit our website, southernnewhampshireahec.org. We also have a walk with ease program to help you get out and walking. Yeah, you can join anytime and do online. Again, visit our website. Um, and if you have any questions, please feel free to um, shoot us a message on there, and we'll be glad to help you. All right, Carly. Thanks so much for, for being here today. And Michelle and Dr. Jeb, Thank you, uh, terrific program. And, uh, and hopefully uh, our audience takes heed and will go out and, uh, and get the, the flu shot and the other shots they require uh, as well. And uh, that wraps up another edition of Your Health, New Hampshire here on WKXL nhtalkradio.com presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, a program that focuses on wellness and health education. Thank you for joining us.